Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Gregor's Ministries podcast. We're very excited. We have Tanner obviously joining us, but we also have Pastor Chad Gonzalez joining us today. And Pastor Chad has been a tremendous blessing to the body of Christ and sharing not only about healing and how it belongs to us today, but also how that we can see ourselves as who we are in Christ and how we can operate in that in everyday life. And that was not just a good idea but it's something that we can actually participate in every day. And, and Pastor Chad, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, man. It's an honor to be with you guys. I'm really excited about it. Yeah, and you know... I love talking Pastor, about this stuff, so... Well, well, Pastor Chad has actually just released a new book called An Alternate Reality, and it, I believe it's available on Amazon, and we're going to put the link here at the bottom of the podcast. But we really wanted to give you an opportunity to talk about that. I looked at the first couple chapters of it, and it was just inspiring to read. And I wanted to get kind of your heart behind it. What was the purpose for you to write this book? And what did you want people to get that were that were reading this book? Well, you know, the, the thing I'm doing for myself is I'm constantly challenging myself. Uh, I'm always asking myself, okay, if I'm not getting results in this particular area, because I look at Jesus as my standard, if I'm not, not getting results, then I, I'm going to humble myself and question, okay, where am I missing it? Yeah. And yet I'm also endeavoring to challenge other people to do the same uh, because it just seems like we've been in this, this lull, you know, yeah. for a while, spiritually speaking. And so, uh, you know, but there was a book that we did, um, gosh, I think it's maybe even 10 years ago called Aliens. And it was based on Jesus's statement in John 17, when he said, they are not of this world, just as I am not of this world. And, and, and that really started kind of taking me on this journey of, you know, thinking about the fact that we're born of heaven, sent from heaven into this world and seeing myself, you know, in a different way. And, um, and so then we did a book called Naturally Supernatural. And so really those two books kind of are the, the launching pad for this one right here. This is the paperback right here. It's kind of the launching path for this. And this comes from a statement Jesus made in John 17 as well. Uh, right after he said, you know, they are not of this world as I am not of this world. Then he goes on and makes this statement. And he said, Father, uh, sanctify them or separate them by your truth for your word is truth. And that, that word truth in the Greek, it, it can literally be translated reality. So Jesus said, I'm not asking you to take them out of the world. I'm asking you to separate them make them to be different, look different, act different, live different, according to your reality. So that tells me that there's another reality that which we can live, live from. And so, you know, we've made this statement over the years, people say it, it makes a good little t-shirt, you know, we're, we're in this world, but we're not of it. Or, you know, we're, we're in this world, but we're living from another world. This is literally what Jesus was talking about. And it's why we see Jesus, you know, he got, his results, he could be in a situation experiencing the same stuff as other people or be, be in the same stuff and yet get a different result. Yeah. And so uh, it's almost, it almost kind of comes across a little sci-fi and, you know, we actually make a, a reference in the intro about the matrix, uh, which <laughs> I, I think is just a great natural way to kind of show some of these spiritual truths, but uh, it, it's really uh, taking taking some time and just looking at the perspective of Jesus to see the way that he saw so we can get results just like Jesus did and live like he does now. So, yeah, I love what you said there about the, the standard 
that Jesus sets for us. A lot of times, you, you know, we see people that they miss it. And so they blame other people or, oh, it must be God. Really, I mean, if we, you know, humble ourselves and don't let our ego get involved, how am I missing it? You know, what, what am I seeing wrong here? Let Jesus be our standard. I love that. Yeah, that's why I just, you know, I, I'm very thankful for all of the people who've come before us, the men and women, and, oh. and you know, th- thankful for Wigglesworth and Lake yeah. and, and, you know, Oral Roberts and Hagen. I mean, you can name them all. Very thankful for them, but uh, they're not my standard. Jesus is yeah. my standard. And, and one thing I always, always try to make sure and remind people of, you know, we're ministering and doing these services is the fact that Jesus, he is the standard. Yeah. And he he's the one who showed us what was available because he was doing this as a man anointed by God. But he was showing us what was available for us to not only accomplish on the earth, but also what was available in regards to our fellowship you know, with the father. And so if we can all, always keep that in mind that Jesus, he was doing life ministry. He was praying, healing the sick, raising the dead, you know, walking on water, multiplying food. He was doing all of that just like me you know, with a brain like me, a body like me. Um, and so if I keep him as the standard, then that keeps me from trying to make some type of excuse, you know, as to why something yeah. isn't happening because he showed me what was possible. And yeah. so I have to, like you said, Ted, I have, I have to humble myself yeah. and realize I, I'm missing it somewhere. And yet, you know, I've gotten, I've gotten wise enough to see in the scripture, it's not equipment that I'm missing. Yeah. I'm not missing equipment uh, because my union with him, it, it makes me complete and perfect. So it really comes down to a connection issue, you know, a fellowship issue, which ultimately comes down to me Yeah, that, you know, I have to work on. So uh, I don't like the whole excuse stuff. And, and I saw Chad, that you guys had been doing uh, something called the healing Academy and, yeah. uh, you know, I feel like it, it's extremely powerful. And, you know, there are some things, you know, I taught at the healing school at Rama USA. And um, a lot of the times there was um, not there, but just specifically in the, in the body of Christ, sometimes there's excuses that we make for people not receiving their healing. And a lot of times we'll place it on somebody saying, well, they just didn't have faith or, or they didn't believe. But I truly believe that as ministers, that we know our connection to God. We know our union in Christ. We know that we're connected to him all the time. And so as someone that knows that I'm connected with God, I have the ability to minister healing to people that don't know their connection. And, uh, you know, I love in, in Matthew 10, he says, uh, Jesus was saying, he said, heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons freely. You have received freely you give and and something that was almost a revelation to me was whenever he said raise the dead and i was thinking about it but it's like dead people don't have the ability to have faith they don't have the ability to respond to the way that i'm ministering so as a minister coming from a minister's perspective i have to be able to come in with a complete confidence that i've got the equipment i've got what it takes to be able to lay my hands or speak the correct word and the words that I speak or the, the hands that I'm laying are going to produce the life that's going to be needed for that person to, to stand up. Because when somebody's dead, I can't, I can't look at them and say, well, if I don't do your faith. Yeah. If, if I don't see them get up, I can't say, well, they just didn't have any faith. 
I can't yeah. put any any blame on that person. I have to take some personal responsibility and look at myself. And I kind of wanted you to just touch on that about as a minister, you know, what your personal responsibility is as you're, you know, walking into it, instead of just finding an excuse of why it's not happening, but really looking at yourself and, and how you can improve your connection or, or how you view things. Well, you know, like when we, when we first started in ministry, I, um, I, I immediately put the responsibility on me. Yeah. Uh, for so many years, I had always been hearing, well, you know, my responsibility as a minister, I just lay hands on them in the name of Jesus, you know, whatever. And if it doesn't happen, well, it's their fault. I did my job. Yeah. Um, but the more that I started just spending time looking at our union with Christ and, and, you know, and just, you know, take John 15, I'm the vine and you the branch. So whatever's flowing in him, that's flowing in me. The more I started looking at, at those type of realities and then just really just taking it all down to just looking at the raw Jesus and how he lived and operated. Um, I started seeing where more of the responsibility was on me as the minister. Yeah. As you know, you mentioned Matthew uh, 10, you know, when he sent them out, nowhere does he say anything about the faith of the people. Yeah. Like Jesus's command there, you know, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils. Clean. Like he, he does not give any type of, he doesn't place any type of limitations as to what can be done. He doesn't really give them a lot of instructions as to, you know, what to do if someone's got little faith, great faith or anything. Like yeah. he literally just gave them a command and said, go do it. Yeah. And I've really been just, I've been chewing on that. Uh, you know, his command to the, to the 12 and to the 70 been thinking about that a lot. Uh, we, we did a chapter, a couple of chapters on that in this book about healing the sick and raising the dead. Um, because we, we're the ones that have put all the limitations, yeah. you know, on, on these things. We're the ones that have made cancer to be a big deal and the flu to be a little deal. You know, yeah. we're the ones that made raising the dead to be a big, big, big thing that needs big, big faith. But isn't it interesting Jesus didn't say when you heal the sick, that'll take a little bit of faith, but you know, raising the dead, that's going to take a whole lot of faith. And you're going to have to have this gift of the spirit in operation and this gift of the spirit in operation. He didn't say any of that. Yeah. And uh, now it doesn't take away from the fact that yes, faith is a necessary ingredient there. And we see that, you know, even in Jesus own town, it says, you know, because of the unbelief there, he could do no mighty work, but it's still interesting that the Holy ghost puts in there, that he still got some sick folk healed in the midst of, of an entirety of unbelief. Jesus still got some sick people healed. And that's always stood out to me because I've heard ministers say, people say, well, there was just so much unbelief, you know, in the room and the place just couldn't get anything done. Well then, well, I mean, if that's the case, how Jesus get it done? Yeah. yeah. There's just, there's, there's got to be a piece where, well, okay, here, here's another way to think about it. So Jesus, when he gives us the great commission, so he gave the commission to the 12, the 70, and then he gives the great commission, which we all, regardless of denomination, religious circle, we all believe in the great commission. We've all been called to go preach the gospel. Yeah. And we forget so many times that within those commissions, these, this is us going to people who do not believe anyway. Yeah that the whole purpose of these signs and wonders and miracles was to prove that this message that we preach is true. 
So in reality, these things were to help the unbeliever become a believer. So, I mean, like if I'm, if I'm going out there to minister and, and preach the gospel minister to people who don't believe in Jesus, how in the world can I expect them to have faith for healing? So that puts me in a position. I've got to know who I am, whose I am, where I'm from, where, I, where I've been sent, what I have, so that, you know, when I know I'm a possessor of that life, then I can give it away. I can release, I can be a releaser of that life as well. So I think we've, we as ministers have made way too many excuses and we've put all the blame on the people that we're really supposed to be, you know, helping. And I feel like one of those responsibilities is if someone is not in faith and they're struggling, just like you guys did in healing school, well, then we've got a responsibility to help connect that person to God. And so I should be in such great fellowship and such great connection with God. I can hear from him as to what to say and what to do to clear up any hindrance, any blockage with that person and, and make that connection. That's my responsibility. Yeah. And, and that's one area I've really been working on myself uh this this last year or two is those times when you do exert your dominion you know you go in there you know you're anointed and you minister to the person and maybe you, you don't get the result that you knew you should have or maybe you don't get anything i've stopped putting the blame on people yeah and started putting putting it on me and say okay where am i missing it um because and here's another piece. So how many times have we had people come to us and say, hey, would you pray for me? Would you minister to me? I, I got sickness in my body. I'm hurting, whatever. <clears throat> well, I've started to look at that. If they're coming to me, there's got to be a little bit of faith there. Yeah. I mean, even 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 a little bit. And Jesus said, you know, mustard seed faith. I mean, it'll move a mountain. So, I mean, yeah. if they're coming to me, then for me, that's them opening up their heart and say, help me. Yeah, And that's giving me complete access into their life to be able to connect them. So if the connection isn't, if they came to me and the connection isn't happening, that's my fault. Yeah. And I got to figure that out. And, um, and I believe the more that we go that route, then that puts us in, in a position where we start asking questions and, and then that puts us in a position to get some things fixed. And that was some and of the, stop blaming everybody else. And I can start looking at myself. I agree completely. Yeah. That was something that, you know, even in healing school, when people would come in, instead of trying to kind of position their faith or faith or figure out where they're at, just the fact that they came to healing school showed me that they had faith to receive their healing. And so I felt like it was that, you know, at that time that it was my job to now give them whatever it was they were looking for as the minister. They've already taken the first step. They've come to whatever service or they've come to this healing school. And so they're in the position now to receive whatever it is that God wants to give to them. And so uh, I feel like we have to uh, remove, I feel like as a believer, when we know who we are in Christ, we've got big shoulders so we can yeah. handle it. If we don't see somebody get healed, we have the ability 
to not have an identity crisis uh, that I, if I'm not seeing what's happening in our life, I don't have to start questioning who I am in Christ. I don't have to start questioning, you know, my own faith, but I, I have some questions to God of, you know, how can I improve? Sometimes what happens is when we blame the other people, we put them into an identity crisis and we start making them look at their own faith and look at if they feel like they're in the right position. And, and that causes more problems in the long run than if, us as the ministers would just take some personal responsibility to minister to them. Yeah. You know, cause yeah. think about it any, any time. And I stopped doing this in, in services. I started doing this in the very beginning. Cause this is what I saw people do. And then at some point we started seeing just tremendous results. And it was when one, I started putting the responsibility on me, but two, I started noticing like, I, I wasn't telling people, you know, make sure that you're in faith, make sure you're believing uh you know make sure you're coming up here expecting i started i wasn't saying any of those things not that it's not, not that it's necessarily wrong but what i started realizing is by doing that i'm causing them to automatically take their eyes off jesus and put their eyes on themselves yeah, yeah. And they start checking am i in faith do i have this do i have and once they start looking at themselves they're done yeah, yeah. you know and so we're always about the the deal of, of turning their eyes to Jesus and making them more conscious and aware of him more so than their problem or more so than them. You know, Catherine Coleman, she made this great statement. She said, she said, the moment you become more aware of God than your problem, that's when the miracles begin to happen. Yeah. And I think we, we do people a disservice, you know, when we have them and not, not that we shouldn't, you know, analyze ourselves and check ourselves and stuff. But I just believe that in those moments, it's my responsibility. I have to see myself as the deliverer. I have yeah. to see myself as the connector between God and man, you know, because I, I'm, I'm, I'm the representative of Christ, you know, in this uh, position. And man, I can't tell you how many times since I kind of took that attitude of, okay, if it doesn't, if we didn't get a result now, uh, especially within our church, you know, it's, it's a lot harder if, if you're out ministering other places and stuff like that. You're never going to see that person again. But if it's people that I'm around and maybe we're having some connection issues, there's there's been several times. Uh, hey, let me give me a few days. Let me pray about this. And and just going in my own time and just seeking God as to, hey, what's the issue here? Yeah. And there's been many times I've gotten answers. Uh, sometimes it was natural things that they needed to do. They needed to correct. Uh, sometimes it was some things of the past that they weren't letting go of, or they were, I mean, whatever it was, whatever that hindrance was, I'd pick it up because that person gave me access. They opened a door for me to be able to minister to them. And so uh, I've done, I've done that several times, um, even done that with some personal things, you know, family things and gotten answers on that. And as a result of hearing what I need to say or, or being shown what I need to do, got the result that I, that I needed from, from little things to big things like tumors and cancers and stuff, you know, finding out what to do. And then all of a sudden doing that. And the next day, all the tumors are gone just from simply praying and, and hearing, you know, what to do and, and what to say. So we've got a lot of responsibility on our shoulders, like you said, yeah, yeah. Uh, we need we need to own up to it, and then run you know, with it. Chad, one of the things I really you know I've appreciated about you and your ministry through like the years that I've known you is how you help people get their own connection to God and not through you. 
how it's, you know, they don't have to just get healed in your meeting or they don't have to come in the healing line. They themselves can be connected. Um, he, if they've said yes to Jesus, they're with him 24 seven. I know you've talked before about um, healing lines should be for the sick, not for the church, how we need to know our connection that we have to him, how we have 24 seven access. Yeah. Um, yeah um, you know, one, one of the things that we've really, in, I've really endeavored to do in our healing services and stuff is to make the laying on of hands the last resort. Gotcha. Yeah. Again, yeah. not that it's wrong. It's totally scriptural. Yeah. Yeah. But if if we're constantly making the Christian dependent on the man or the woman, the minister to get their healing, then I mean we're not doing them any good in, in the long run. And, and one way it's just kind of putting a band-aid on the situation. If we if we really stay scriptural about things. The whole issue of the laying on of hands was really for the sinner. Yep. And that's what we see in the Great Commission. You know, he, he go into the world and preach the gospel, lay hands on the sick. Like all that was for the for the sinner. And for me, this is why for, for me, from my perspective, you don't see a whole lot of just blatant uh, teaching on healing by the apostle Paul all throughout the epistles. Uh, the times that we do see that, you know, it was about the unbeliever because we're supposed to be walking in who's walking in us. Like it's supposed to be this, this divine union where we're just walking in divine health and, and we're not having to run around from miracle to miracle to miracle. But, you know, if we look back at church history, it's always been about getting to the man, getting yeah. to the woman. And I believe that that was one of the, the major problems with the, the great healing revival, you know, in the 40s and 50s. It was all, all about getting, you know, to the man or the woman, the minister for my healing. And, and again, not, there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if we need help, you know, connecting, then thank God for, you know, uh, Bible-believing, you know, faith-healing-believing believers to hook up with us. Yeah. But God never saved us and delivered us so that we would have to depend on another person to get what Jesus already got for us. Yep. Yeah. You know, we weren't supposed to have to be running around, you know, to get that we're supposed to be running out to give it away, you know? And so that's one of the things we've endeavored to do is in the meetings, endeavored to make people so aware of God in the room and in them that they just get healed just sitting in the chair while, while we're ministering. Because if we can get that to happen, then when that happens, then they just found out how that they can get that for themselves at any time, any yeah. place. And, and nobody can sit there and say, oh, look how anointed Chad is or, you know, this and that. They can't say anything. And we've seen so many miracles happen, so many healings happen just by people just being in the room and sitting in their chair and just, just listening and getting their eyes back onto him. And, and it's like popcorn. Things start happening. Uh, just, I mean, the last uh, three weeks, actually the last three Sundays in a row, we've had this happen. I ministered at a church in Tulsa and then a church in Broken Arrow and then uh, our church in Jonesboro. And in all three services, there was, uh, we, we had somebody, at least one person, if not more, get healed just sitting there. We didn't pray for them, lay hands on them. Uh, there was one girl, uh, the church in Tulsa, uh, she was extremely nearsighted. 
and was having vision vision issues. And as I, I was preaching, it kind of turned into this this prayer time. And so we spent quite a quite a bit of time just praying in the spirit. And it was actually it was the Sunday when uh, we had the bad winter storm hit, you know. Yeah. And so there was a whole bunch of people there, but we spent some time just praying in the spirit. And all of a sudden, just got a word of knowledge about uh, someone's uh, cornea being healed. And this girl screams out, that's me, that's me, that's me. And, uh, and she got instantly healed. And all of a sudden, she was seeing clearly. She could, we had her, she was reading all the stuff on the screen where she couldn't do that before. Um, and then the church in Broken Arrow, similar situation. There was a guy, he was going blind years ago, had some eye surgeries, got some things fixed, but still had really, really bad vision and was instantly healed. He was sitting in the very back row of the church and noticed that his vision was getting better and better and better, you know, during the service. Uh, and then uh, back in Jonesboro, there was an older gentleman that he used to be a power lifter uh, back in the day and had injured his, um, had injured his left shoulder really bad. And so it had caused him problems for decades. And same thing. Nobody laid hands on him, nothing. Just he noticed that all of a sudden all the pain was gone and he was able to, he had freedom in it. I mean, for decades, he wasn't able to do things with it. And then all of a sudden, you know, completely healed and nobody laid hands on him. And, uh, and so that's what we're really pushing for. And then, you know, if things don't happen for them, if they don't connect, you know, during, during that, then yeah, we'll, we'll lay hands on them. Yeah. Uh, But even in that, um, I don't, I don't typically do healing lines unless it's just, there's a bunch of people. Um, I'll typically go to them in their chair and we'll talk to them and I'll try to talk them into it without laying hands onto them, uh, for that same reason to try to, to try to get them to make that connection themselves. And then at last resort, you know, we'll lay hands on them, put something into them and, uh, and then go about it that way. But. Uh, I told the church a couple of weeks ago, I said, I'm trying to, I'm trying to work myself out of a job. You know, <laughs> I'm trying to get you to grab a hold of this. So you aren't depending on me, you know, to lay hands on you. And um, so I'm not saying it's right or wrong. That's just what we've been doing. And uh, just trying to get people's eyes back on Jesus and, and who he is on the inside of them. And that's one thing that I witnessed, even when I was in a couple of the meetings that you were doing, um, was that you asked a lot of questions for people. You would say, who's on the inside of you? Who are you connected with? And so you would, what you were trying to do, I, I feel like was you were trying to just get them into this realization or this awareness of who they're connected to. Because it's not just about, like you said, really experiencing healing for this one situation, but it's about walking in divine health for the rest of your life. Not so that I, I'm just feeling victory from this. And then the next time I'm experiencing something, I've got to go to somebody else to lay hands on me or to give me a word or pro- to pro- prophesy over me. But how can I experience freedom in my everyday life? And I think that comes back to just our awareness of who we are. And I think, Tanner, you probably got something on that as well. Yeah, just that the connection and awareness. You know, I love that just going back to Jesus being the standard. I'm not following anybody else. I'm following him. And, you know, he, I don't see in his life where he wasn't able to just go to God himself. And so as a believer, it's not wrong for me to go to a minister. It's not wrong for me to hear these things, but I have the ability on the inside of myself to go to God so that I don't have to call pastor Chad at 2 AM and say, will you pray for me? 
there's nothing wrong with calling your friends to pray for you, but I can go to Jesus myself. I can go to God myself because I'm connected to him. Josh, you always use that scripture that he who joins himself to the Lord is one spirit with him connected. And so I have to understand that at every moment of the day, I'm connected to him. When I wake up in the morning, there he is. When I'm in the shower, there he is. When I'm in the grocery store, there he is. No matter where I am, I'm connected. So that's the, that's the mindset, the perspective that we've got to have as believers. Yeah. Because I mean, ultimately it's not even really about me. Like I've got to get this for other people. Yeah. Is the deal, you know? I mean, yes, we need to walk in divine health and we need to be able to know how to access, but, but the problem is, is that the people that are having a lot of these issues and that are coming to these meetings, I mean, they know the scripture. They know all the in Christ scriptures. They know all the redemption yeah. scriptures. I mean, they can preach it just as good as you can. Yeah. And so it, it's not so much about, you know, a lack of knowledge or revelation, so to speak. It really is this just this bare bones, simple, basic connection thing that I'm one with him. He's one with me. I'm one spirit with the Lord. He's the vine. I'm the branch. Like we're one together. And it all comes down to the fact that I I need to know this, not just for me, but I need to know this so I can turn around and I can manifest this and connect other people unto him. That's what it really comes down to. I've got to, I've got to get, I've got to get this for other people. And, and so that's, what's really pushing me right now is the fact that, um, you know, we've seen great results, but I'm not satisfied. I mean, I'm thankful for what we've seen but I know there's more and, you know, there's been a couple of times where there's been people who, um, well, there's two, two instances in particular that have really just been kind of the, the thing that's just driven me because there there was two situations a couple of years ago, uh, two different individuals in which they, they, they came to me. One was a pastor that called me want me to do some meetings for them and but it was really it was really for one of their family members that they wanted me to come yeah and so 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 we did healing school and stuff like that for their church we did it for several weeks but but it was really for this one particular family member and um you know we ministered to them and we're we're seeing some great progress and stuff during those weeks and uh, but ultimately, you know, they ended up uh, dying uh, a couple months later. And I mean, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'd only met that that particular person twice. And yet when I got the news, I, I cried like a baby. And I, 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 I felt so guilty because I knew that they were looking to me and uh, to for an answer, for a connection. And... Um, and I humbly, you know, took on that responsibility. I felt like I should have got that for them. And again, I understand I'm not the healer, but uh, I am the hand of, of Jesus in that situation, you know. And um, and so I took that one really hard. And there was another situation that happened a few years ago. That was a there was a couple up in uh, Michigan, and they heard about a lot of things that were happening. And they wrote me uh, one day and said, "Hey." You know, my husband, he's been diagnosed with cancer. They've only given him a few weeks to live. We're wanting to come down to your church, you know, one Sunday. And I was like, great, you know, please, you know, let us know. We'd love to, love to have you. And, 
And, um, and so I didn't know they were coming this one particular Sunday. So I was just going along and I made mention about this couple who had emailed me to our church. Well, this, this lady raised her hand and said, that's us. They had driven for like 13, 14 hours overnight just to get to the service. And so I stopped what I was doing and kind of forgot everybody about everybody that was there and just focused in on them for the next 30 minutes and just talked about some in Christ stuff, laid hands on them, ministered to them and, uh, and, and thought, you know, we had that thing licked. And then uh, a few weeks later, I didn't hear from them. Didn't he- probably another month or two. I didn't hear anything and did some researching and found out, you know, he had passed away. And, you know, so I, I'd been around them like 30 minutes and like, I took that so personal. Like I saw, I saw it on my computer screen. I sat in my office and just cried. I didn't know this guy, you know, yeah. uh, just me, but I cried and it, it hurt me so badly because I was like, God, like there had to be an ounce of faith. These people drove 14 hours overnight just to get here. Now, maybe, maybe I was like their last resort, you know, Maybe they had tried all the other options and they couldn't find anything else. So they came to me. Maybe it was a thing of, Hey, let's see what this guy got, you know, type of deal. But I just looked at it from the fact that they still were, they were entrusting me with his life. Yeah. And I took it very, very uh, personal. And, and so those, those two particular instances, they've kind of been chips on my shoulders. Not that I, I've allowed it to get me down and discouraged or anything like that. But just for, simply from the fact of, you know what, there's people in this world, and these were both Christians, both word of faith people, but there's people in this world that, you know, depending on whatever the circumstances were, maybe maybe some things happened, maybe they did something wrong, whatever, they need help in this situation. And we don't have months and months and months to try to teach them and get faith into them. They're in a situation, they need somebody to connect them with God now, you know. And so that's where I, I'm really, really working on that in regards to um, when people call, when people show up, they need to deliver and they need one now. Yep. And I need to be able to, I need to be able to make that connection. And if I'm not, then it's my fault. And that means I need to spend some more time and uh, fasting and spend more time in prayer and seeking God. You know, what's the answer? What do I need to do? You know, what do I need to say? Like, I guess, I guess the best way to say it would be to be so sensitive, you know, to him that in that very moment, when I minister to them and something doesn't work, it's not connecting. I immediately pick up what it is I need to do right then, yep. you know, and it not be me having to spend weeks and weeks and months, you know, seeking God to find out what it was I needed to do. Cause in some of those situations, you don't have weeks and months, Yep. you know? And um, so it ultimately comes down to, I need this for the people. Yeah. Because that's what we're here for. Yeah, it's it's true. In, uh, I believe it's Philippians 1, where Paul is talking about how he's torn between the two. Should he stay on earth or mm-hmm. go to heaven? And he said, it's, it's more needful for your sake that I stay. There's one translation that says essential. And so, you know, as a believer, we're essential, essential workers. You know, there was all that talk of all the essential <laughs> workers. Well, ultimately, yeah. as a believer, I'm an essential worker here for other people. That's why we're still here. It's all about others. Yeah. 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 I mean, that, that's where I'm at. Like, I, 
I, I want the connection for me. Ultimately, that's what it's about. I'm not seeking the miracles. Yeah. Now, I ain't gonna lie. I started out that way. I wanted to see stuff. Yeah. I really yeah. Did. Just from a selfish standpoint, I want to see some stuff. I'm tired of hearing about it. I got to the point when I was 20 years old, I and mean, I was running from God. I didn't even know if he was even real anymore. And I grew up in a, you know, a word of faith church. I never yeah. saw squat. And, um, but I just got to the point where, you know, I wanted to see some things. So I was seeking after the miracles and stuff. But then I started, it started drawing me into him. And I wanted to see these things for other people to help other people. And then it started drawing me even more to where I just want to know him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for, for me, but also again, so I can help other people. Yeah. So anyway, I'm sorry, Josh, what were you going to say? No, no, no. So, you know, what I liked about what you were saying though, is how your motivation kind of shifted throughout your process of learning about who you yeah. are and, and you know, what the purpose was behind for what you're doing. And, and really I wanted to ask you, cause I know you guys are doing the healing Academy and I kind of wanted to know what was your motivation to really get started with that and you know, someone that would like to get involved with the Healing Academy, what can they expect from being a part of that program and what you've got going on? Well, you know, that really came about because of uh, uh, Vidar uh, Lagarde, the, the director of Ray McKenna. Um, I've been going over there for several years, preaching in their, their conference there in Nairobi. And, and the last two times I was there with uh, Vidar, he told me, he said, man, he said, you need to put something together for like pastors. You know, church, some of this, because I'd be teaching the same stuff over there. We'd see all kind of crazy miracles. And you say, you need to put some some training type stuff, you know, for churches so that they can, you know, get this into their people. I kind of laughed it off. I was like, well, I'm not sure even what to do with that, you know. But the, the last time I was there with him, um, I really kind of took it to heart and started kind of talking about it with some other people. And then ultimately sat down. We ended up uh, filming filming the first volume out at uh, Reach uh, Church uh, with Chad Stewart out there in Sand Springs. We filmed the first volume out there and then did the second volume last year. But it, it was all from the standpoint, because we, we te I teach healing from the standpoint of our union with Christ. Very rarely do I even touch on, you know, the, the, the real life stories of Jesus ministering, you know, to people and this and that. Really just can't hang out on union and in Christ realities. But, but the purpose was twofold. One, to help Christians, help believers walk in divine health, get their healing on their own, not be depending on other people. And so we spent a lot of time talking about righteousness, our union, you know, the life of God within us. Um, but then also the second piece of it is so that people are equipped and know who they are and what they have so they can minister up to other people yeah. and not, not be in the place where, hey, you know, they run into somebody, hey, why don't you come to my church? You know, we believe in healing. They'll pray for you. No, when you're in the marketplace, the store, the work yeah. situation happens, you know that you are God's anointed in that particular situation to manifest God for that person. And so it's twofold to walk in divine health, but also, you know, release that life and be a minister for God, you know, wherever you're at. Uh, you know, Jesus said, whoever believes in me will do the very same works. He didn't say the pastor, you know, the apostle, prophet, evangelist. He didn't say the fivefold ministry. Um, it, it's about the everyday believer. And so that's what we're really pushing. Um, that's what we're doing with the Healing Academy. We've, we've got this right now doing it uh, video-based, and then we're also doing it in churches, uh, doing kind of a condensed version uh, in churches and doing it from that standpoint, the everyday average Joe Blow believer 
spending time with them and teaching these things so that, um, you know, from an outreach perspective, go out there, you know, and, and not only tell people about Jesus that he'll forgive you, but with the very same boldness and confidence, he'll also heal you. Um, so we put that together. It's in video and we're doing that in person, but ultimately it's all coming together. We've got a couple more volumes we're going to do uh, all coming together. It's going to be for an in-person deal. We're looking to, to start in London, uh, England here uh, at some point. Uh, but that's our, our end goal is to start like a, an in-person healing center there and, um, and be teaching this. So people want to get involved with it. They can go online to our website. It's just, it's my name, chadgonzalez.com. Right now we've got two volumes and uh, they can get it in a physical package where we send you all the books and the curriculum, uh, or they can do just all digital where you download all the eBooks and stuff like that. But each volume has nine video sessions. And then there's three books that go with each uh, volume and a study guide. And so uh, we try to keep it real simple, real basic, and then always pointing you know, the eyes back to Jesus and getting the eyes off of ourselves, but helping people realize, hey, we've got the equipment uh, and we've been called to do this and it's for everybody. Yeah, that's amazing. And so we just want to encourage you guys. Again, the website is chadgonzalez.com and we'll put the link down here. Um, so we encourage you because I know that there are many people that are that are uh, listening right now that are inspired to not only walk in divine health for themselves, but to really begin to release it to other people. And so we want to encourage you to get involved by going to chadgonzalez.com, getting, uh, you know, getting involved with the Healing Academy. But also if you're a pastor and you're hearing this and you're uh, you feel inspired, invite Chad to come. He'd love to come give this curriculum to your church as well and help them continue to progress and go forward into what God has them to do. But also again, Chad's new book an alternate reality is now out on Amazon. We'll put the link at the bottom of the podcast as well. Go get that. Uh, read the first couple chapters and I was already inspired and encouraged to keep reading. So I know you're going to love it. So uh, Chad, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate it. man. Thanks man. It was an honor. I love talking about this stuff. So It's always fun. All right, guys. Well, thank you again so much, and we'll see you next time.